Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, hello, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us once again. I just want to take a minute to actually thank both of our senior pastors, Pastor Darren, Pastor Bron. You have been incredible leaders incredible leaders in this season and we've so appreciated the way that you've led all the differences that church has entailed over the last few weeks and also um, the way that you have brought messages to us of hope and uh, and you've been raw and amazing and so we just want to thank you as a congregation for your leadership as well so thank you I'm sure you're all doing a round of applause at home Um, and thanks again also for um, allowing me to bring a message to you today. Um, This message I think is really important. It's really important. It's something that God has been impressing on my heart for a few weeks now. And um, I was reading Exodus a little while ago on the story of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. And I often get frustrated reading the Israelite story because it seems like they leave something really bad for them and then spend 40 years complaining about it. Does anybody else feel that way when they read that story? It's, um, it's interesting how they keep looking back. They keep comparing their new normal to the old one. And they do it in such an interesting way. It's almost like they memorialize their slavery because it was predictable maybe, because they understood it maybe, because they knew what the next day would entail. They would say things like, remember the food we used to be able to eat? Remember that we had a place to sleep every night and we knew where that was and maybe there was a roof over our head. Remember how we knew exactly what to expect? Now, well, now we're just wandering around the wilderness and things are uncertain and there's new terrain and we've got this mundane routine with the same food to eat all the time and where is this road even going to take us and when are we going to get there? And I don't know if that sounds a little bit familiar to you, right now in the season that we are in and the season that we're living. The Israelites are interesting to me because they completely forgot that they were slaves to their old routine. They were literally slaves. Their well-worn path was so familiar, it constantly drew them back and it stopped them from seeing the blessing in the new. So sometimes the unexpected detour into the wild unknown is exactly where we encounter God in a new way. This might be better. (laughs) Um, The well-worn path was so familiar, it constantly drew them back. And sometimes the unexpected detour into the wild unknown is exactly where we encounter God in a fresh, fresh way. We see so many times in the Bible, God drawing his people aside from what they know. Sometimes into the wilderness, sometimes even into isolation, away from what they normally do. And when we see this happen in Scripture, every time we see God meet them there and reveal something incredible about Himself to them that they didn't know before. And that is my expectation in this season for you and for me. There's actually a lesson in the unexpected detour. Like the Israelites, We can get blind to our normal path. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Hopefully it doesn't reflect poorly on me and I'm the only one. 
It's possible. Um, but when you go for a long drive and you go somewhere that you go often, you get to where you're going and sometimes you might not be able to remember all of the twists and turns you took along the way because you're in automatic. You couldn't say, I turned left there and I remember exactly distinctly turning right there and, oh, there was a pothole at exactly this place. That's not how it goes, is it? We're in automatic mode. But if we were sent off on an unexpected detour because of roadworks or whatnot, um, then we are suddenly very dialed in. We are very dialed into our surroundings. And that's good and bad. On the one hand, you're dialed into every pothole and bump in the road because you've never traveled it before. At every intersection, you might be wondering, is this still going to get me to where I was planning to go? And by the way, can I just say that those things existed on the road you're used to traveling all the time, but we don't notice them because we're just in the rhythm of normal. On the upside, on the detour, you get to see the scenery for the first time. It grabs your attention like the normal road could never do. The detour may not have ease, but it does allow you to see things differently, more reflectively, really noticing rather than rushing forward oblivious to our surroundings. So I believe that our challenge in this season is not to get trapped in looking back to the old normal and reminiscing like it was smooth and uncomplicated and better. We may well have been a slave to a few things. So before the world heads back towards normal, let's ask ourselves the question, what are we rushing back to? What are we rushing back to? And that's not an easy answer to come to, I don't think. So there's one major tool I want to explore today to help us answer that question really well. This tool allows us to focus on what's important. It declutters our senses to help us manage the transition into this next season well, whatever that looks like for you. It's going to help us learn the lessons that God wants us to learn as he draws us aside into unfamiliar terrain. And it's going to help us encounter God in a fresh new way. And you know what else? It's something that many of us have been forced to contend with recently. It's actually been a little bit forced on us. And that is that we need to learn how to embrace simplicity. It sounds too simple, doesn't it? But actually the discipline of simplicity is really effective in times of complexity. God has been showing me that the simple things are actually highly potent weapons that work in detour seasons. And if they work for me, I guarantee you they will work for you because that's how God works. He puts stuff in his word and it's practical and it's applicable to your life and it lives out and it's awesome. And so we're going to dial into that. So like most things, it starts in our mindset. We've been talking about faith over fear for the last couple of weeks and this is actually a key mindset to embrace simplicity. And that's because faith over fear equals trust. There's something simple and uncomplicated about choosing trust because it means putting all of the other distractions aside. Isaiah 42 verse 16 says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. 
Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. These are beautiful words from God's own mouth to his people, to you. He is a trustworthy God who is unfazed by the detour. In fact, he often draws us off the beaten path to reveal something new about himself. And I just want to explore that for just a minute because I think there's something rich there. We see over and over again in Scripture, when God draws people aside into the wilderness, he uses it to demonstrate his providential care for them. He takes the time in that season to enrich his relationship with his people and reveal something new about his character. And that is awesome. I want to be a part of that. We saw it with the Israelites. I also think of people like Hagar and Moses. And I'd ask you to look up their stories sometime today and have a read of that. Because they found themselves alone in the wilderness, unsure of their future. And there they encountered a God who revealed a new aspect of himself to the point where he actually revealed a new name. In the case of Hagar, he presented himself as El Roi, the God who sees me, the God who sees me. He sees you in this season. He sees you. Whether you have been busier than you have ever been juggling all of your responsibilities or whether the world has gone extremely quiet on you and you don't even know what to do with yourself anymore, God sees you. He sees you. Moses encountered God in his wilderness and was introduced to Yahweh, which means Lord. But it's, it's more than a title. English kind of diminishes this word a little bit. Scholars say that this word actually evokes a sense of always present with his people. A God who is not remote or aloof, but actually intervening in history on behalf of his people, a saving power, Yahweh. Yahweh. In each of these wilderness detours, God has revealed a part of his character to his people. But underlying that, each and every time, he has just asked them to trust him. Just asked him to trust him. They did not have to know what was next or how it would work out. They just had to take him at his word and rest in that. And that's something that we can all take away into this season. Isaiah 40, verse 31. I love this passage. It says, Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Oh, if I can trust him with what comes next, what would that look like for you? If you could just enter a season of trusting him, not being able to see around the corner yet, um, but being able to let go of the energy it takes to worry about what's next. It's exhausting to wrestle with that all of the time because we're actually not in control of it. And so we wrestle with something that we can never grasp. If I could simply let go and trust him no matter what it looks like, then this verse says, I will rise up, I will run, I will walk without being worn out. And I love that in that passage, it talks about every different pace of life. Whether you're lying flat on your back right now, you're going to be able to rise up. Whether you're racing and your heart is beating, 
you have a promise that you will not be worn out. Whether you're walking and just putting one foot in front of the other, there is hope for you yet. Trust in your God. Surrendering the what-ifs is, is releasing when we put it in the right hands. It's simple, but it's not often easy. And that's because there's a surrender involved. There's a surrender in the letting go. It's like, am I willing to allow him to fulfill his plans for my life now that my plans have been interrupted? Am I willing to reset? Am I willing to say, God, whatever it looks like I'm in, I'm with you. So the simplicity mindset says trusting him is actually enough. And that lets me let go of what I cannot control. And I love that. I want to read to you Psalm 131. The whole thing, but it's okay. It's only three verses. (laughs) It says, Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. That is the whole psalm, three verses. It's like the author just did a mic drop. That's all I need to say. Don't occupy yourself with things you cannot control and can never understand. Mic drop. My soul is calmed and quietened when I do that like a weaned child with its mother. And that's an interesting metaphor. A weaned child in my, in my mind is still very young. Might have a little bit of independence. They're taking first steps out into the world. They feel like they have a little bit of control, but we all know better, right? <laughs> we all know that they still need their mother's protection and provision to survive and to thrive. The child trusts its mother for everything. So we hope in the Lord for how long? How long should I trust endure? Forever? Mic drop. No other words necessary. Just trust Him forever. So the key to living with a calmed spirit in the midst of unexpected circumstances or delays or detours is to embrace the simplicity of trusting the God who is in control anyway and has promised to light the way for you no matter what and actually who holds the outcome in his hand already. So I wonder where you need to let go and trust him. I wonder in the process what he will reveal to you about his character that you didn't see before. And I think that that is the beginning of a beautiful season for us. So if like me, you are hoping to come out of this detour a little more aware, a little more trusting of God, and a little closer to being able to answer the question, what am I rushing back to? Then I need to get comfortable with simple. It feels a little forced on me right now, if I'm going to be honest with you, because of our circumstances, but God is revealing himself in the simple things. Proverbs 13, 7 says, a plain and simple life is a full life. A plain and simple life is a full life. So we've just heard that trusting him calms and quietens our soul. Well, there are some other simple practices that do the same for us. The second one is to be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. We see that in Psalm 46, verse 10. Now, there might be a little bit more room for this right now than usual in your life. 
unless you are a mum of young kids. And then I know that you barely have time to shower and I get it and I respect you and it's going to be okay. And probably what you're doing right now is dreaming of the day that you can just find some still. I see that. And that is, why do we feel that way? That's because when we don't have it, we yearn for it. It's wired into us for a reason. It's good for your soul to be still. So if you have that time right now, what, are you making use of it? What are you doing with it? You know, it's a simple practice. But the thing about simple practices are that they are so easily squeezed out by anything else at all. So this is a skill we need to cultivate so that when our lives hit fast forward again, we know how to protect our stillness because we have seen the value of it. And the world's version of of stillness is mindfulness, which you may have heard of, the practice of being still. And studies say that at least um, as little as 10 minutes a day actually decreases stress and anxiety and is proven to have physical effects on your mental health. And that's awesome. But when you add God to the picture, when you add God to the picture, when we practice stillness and think of Him and His character, we grow our trust in Him. As we think about His character and remember the times He's been there for us before, where we are still and focusing on Him, we right-size the world and and our problems in it. And we right-size Him. Because he is bigger, he is greater, he has been down this path already, he has you in his hands. Our trust can't help but grow in those conditions. And as our trust, go, our, as our trust grows, we've just learnt our soul quietens. So maybe, just maybe, the weight of the world doesn't rest on your shoulders after all. When we focus When we are focused on our nature, we get all pent up. When we focus on his nature, we see love and grace and mercy. And actually that equips us to love others because we took a long, hard look at love today. And we know what it looks like. Jan Johnson says that hurry is what rips 1 Corinthians 13 straight out of the Bible. That's the love chapter. When we're stressed and busy and living for tomorrow, we don't have the capacity to love others well today, she says. Our focus shifts inward when we're consumed by our busyness. But we are free to love others well if we understand that we are loved. We need to protect this simple practice of stillness with God, which leads me to the third simple principle that we need to look at and hone in this season, and that's practice gratefulness. It's a fairly, it's fairly common knowledge, I think, that um, gratefulness and gratitude are beneficial to our health physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. You know, grateful people are overall happier and more joyful. How good is that? Cultivating gratitude in your life leads to being more generous, energized, empathetic, and resilient. I'll take that any day of the week. This is due to gratefulness shifting our focus to all that we have instead of all that we do not have. Trading pity or worry for gratefulness can actually combat stress, anxiety, depression, comparison, isolation, and can improve your sleep. Choosing 
What to be thankful for is a simple process. You know, for me, sometimes it's as simple as a warm cup of tea or my mum's poodle because I'm not allowed to have a poodle, but she can have a poodle and that way I can go and pet the poodle whenever I want. So I'm really grateful for that. It's simple things. So whatever it is for you, simple things that we can be grateful for. And this simple practice shifts our attention off the potholes to the scenery. And you know what? Practicing gratitude isn't just a trendy activity or a worldly way to combat anxiety and depression. It's actually a spiritual discipline. We see that in 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's the will of God for you to be thankful, to know your blessings. The more we do it, the easier it will be to be grateful in harder times. And number four, we need to make space for rest. You might be sick of going slow right now, for those of you who are lucky enough to slow down. Um, But I wonder how much will you protect this rest when your life goes back to normal? Rest might look like sleeping. It might look like vegging on the couch with Netflix, but it can also look like painting or reading or fishing or working on a project in the garage. It's the stuff that brings you joy and a little bit of peace. God went to great lengths to demonstrate to us that we would need to practice this simple thing regularly to thrive. He calls it a Sabbath a day of rest built into every single week. In other words, we need to circle back to this all of the time. Mark 2 verse 27 says, Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. It's for our benefit that God asks us to rest. Psalm 127 verse 2 says, It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to His loved ones. You weren't created to go 100% of the time. We weren't created for the pace that many of us were living before this virus slowed us down. This is a simple thing to put into your character calendar, a simple thing to put into your calendar, but it's actually a brave thing to protect. And that's because it's dependent on you knowing your worth. You have to be willing to carve out time for you to replenish you. And for that, you need to know your worth and you need to know that God gives you full permission to do this because He has placed that worth on you. So which of these practices do you need to cultivate and protect as we re-enter the world in the coming weeks and months. Before I wrap today, I just want to remind you of the benefits of these practices that God has introduced in His Word and that we need to protect and cultivate in our day-to-day lives. Number one, by engaging in these practices, you create and protect margin. You can't make intentional and thoughtful choices about your life when you're going 24-7. It's the same as a budget. If you're living paycheck to paycheck without a plan, you can't make room for anything that actually matters to you. We get that. Most of us have lived with that frustration. The money just goes. Well, it's the same with your time. It's the same with your time. You can't fill it with whatever comes along and not make room for your priorities. These practices create margin for you. They set you up so that you can take the unexpected hits. They prioritise you as a person of worth. 
They fix your eyes on the one who has placed that worth on you. They are worthy of your time. Number two, you walk through chaos with calmness. These practices set you up to trust God because His nature is known to you. Your eyes are focused on Him and the blessings that you've received from Him. And you actually have the emotional energy to not panic when you're on a detour. You strive less. You prioritise what's important. And, and I love this. A decluttered mind and spirit has room to notice what God is doing. And He is doing something. He never sleeps. He has drawn you aside to reveal something of Himself to you in this season. Embrace the simple things that equip you so well for the complexities of life. Trust Him. Be still. Be grateful. Rest in His love and watch what He will do. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.